Welcome back, everybody, to a very special episode of Pop Culture Historians. We have another award ceremony here. A little recap episode covering um, the last few weeks of our uh, tribute to the superhero serials. My name is Ryan Ritter. I got Jimmy McShane on the line. Jimmy, how you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? Not bad. Not bad. Um, yeah, again, just to kind of reset everything. I mean, it's always weird to reset in a... Uh, you know, podcasts, because I feel like people can get a pretty good clue about what's going on by uh, just reading the title. But, uh, fair enough. Yeah. But I guess if you're just, if you're just tuning in now and just clicking around on random episodes, uh, we spent the last few weeks going through uh, the history of the superhero serials uh, in pursuance to our larger history of the superhero film genre. Uh, yeah, we take it all the way back. Um, you know, we laughed, we cried. Yeah, we, we cringed, we rolled uh, our yeah. eyes, <laughs> uh, um, and uh, you know we, we spent a, we spent a few weeks of actual episodes and many months in between those episodes getting these out, and I, I figured it'd be uh, good to reflect on them one last time uh, and provide some uh, you know some awards. Um, nothing's very cleverly titled. You know, I realize we don't have like a clever like Oscar-y title for these um, oh. or, what we're ha- or what we're handing out. Um, mm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, oh, well. Um, oh, well. Yeah. Uh, and if people, if people are familiar with our other feed of uh, going through Doctor Who episodes, Jimmy, of course, is the, uh, uh, is the savant. I am the uh, complete newcomer. Uh, we did something very similar at the end of season one of that. Uh, giving out awards, uh, be, you know, best ofs, worst ofs of uh, the 1963 to 1964 first season. So it's a similar idea. I don't know how I don't know how we're going to keep it going forward as we're still trying to figure out the superhero genre stuff. But um, it may reappear uh, in this feed as well. But it's definitely happening right now. And you know what? We're gonna do um, we're gonna do like what the Oscars do. You know, cause they always open up with like something just big just to hook everyone right away. Right, okay. Like the best supporting actor. Why don't we uh, just jump right in? Do favorite villain. Favorite villain. Oh wow, going going for the heavy hitter. Yeah. So start, start, start with something big. You no, know, so I suspect because we 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 have these categories. We haven't communicated about what we've thought just yet. We kind of independently came over these. I felt for the Doctor Who ones, we had a lot of similar answers because there were some obvious parts of Doctor Who that were better and, and, and worse. Here, I feel like there's going to be a little more variance in our answers. Yeah, and I will say some of them were kind of hard. Um, I think yeah. the, line, the line between good and bad, well, and, that, and that's the problem. It, you, you, you bring it up perfectly. Um, Doctor Who were 20-minute episodes, and the stories are maybe, maybe seven episodes long, and uh, they're fairly, you can fairly tell you know, right away if it's going to be a good batch or bad batch. Here it's like, you know, in between, like episodes two and three of a 15-part thing could be really good, and four and five could be really bad, and then six would be okay. So it's, it's, a, it's a different, different beast altogether to come up with, you know, what is a, what is a best cliffhanger? What is a worst cliffhanger? <laughs> Spoiler alert for, <laughs> uh, you know. Right. So, yeah. So, yeah, you're, yeah. you're dead on. I think Favorite... there's going to be lots of different answers here. Uh, so if my favorite villain was the Scorpion from Captain Marvel. Wow. 
Hey, that's a good choice. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I just I, I thought they did a good job with the who is it, you know, because there was a couple of serials where it was a big mystery who it was, but that was definitely the best one where you you had a you had a chance of getting it. You know, there was a whole cast of characters you can actually like pick from, and either kind of kept you guessing. It wasn't the guy I thought it was. It wasn't the yeah. guy I thought it was, and it you know, and I also thought he was a pretty he, he was a pretty effective, despite the fact that he was fighting Captain Marvel, who you know was basically super powerful, and no one else in the series had powers. He actually was able to accomplish some things. He got pretty close to accomplishing his goal. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Was he one that almost that almost figured out, uh, you know? His nemesis's uh, secret identity. He did. He did figure it out. He did figure out that Billy Batson was Captain Marvel. I think he saw it happen, but he was yeah he was like spying on Captain Marvel when he saw it. It's like well, that's crazy. Yeah. No. Oh, good choice. Um, I didn't have him on my. What I kind of did was I would uh, I picked a. Uh, obviously, I I gave I gave out an award to someone specifically, but I would also. So just to kind of help collect my thoughts, sometimes I'd add a couple um, honorable mentions. Um, my main honorable mention, of course, would be um, the, the the dastardly Doctor Bremer, played by Kenneth McDonald from The Phantom. Um, kind of a mediocre serial, but um, surprisingly, um, at least in terms of performance and you know vibe, um, he seemed pretty um, sufficiently villainy to me and um you know played... uh, he was he was arguably the most menacing villain i, th- I think yes i don't think you could make that argument again played by veteran actor kenneth mcdonald there are some scenes where he's just he's almost like staring into the camera like coming towards you <laughs> the viewer um again mediocre serial altogether but um ugh, uh, you know good performance <laughs> scary guy uh i also like he's also one of those guys that um Started getting frustrated with his own goons, which I always <laughs> give a point to. Yes, that was, that uh, yeah. was good. Yeah, but uh, I'm going to give the nod here, and um, the, I don't know how much of a surprise this is, but um, uh, I'm giving it to the very classic character Ming the Merciless. I mean, I I considered him and and Bremer as well, uh, but go ahead and explain your choice. Well, I think he set the tone very, uh, very quickly for kind of what we could expect from villains in both you know, this batch of serials you watch, but also um, uh, villain performances in general. Big, over-the-top, played by a classic, overqualified, seasoned actor. Um, and, you know, one of the few returning villains. Uh, I, I think we alluded to um, in the Superman serial with uh, Lex Luthor appearing, kind of like the first main nemesis character showing up. And uh, I would argue that we may have over... We, that, that may belong to Ming the Merciless. Um, I think he is Flash Gordon's main uh, rival, and he was there from the beginning. And uh, surprisingly consistent characterization. He kind of leaned into almost like a fascist kind of character as uh, wartime started creeping into real life. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah he was one of the first characters of, we met. Little, yeah, definitely a little, little bit of a pivot in the third one, but I agree, fairly consistent. Yeah. But he's one of the first characters we met doing this batch of episodes and um he still sticks in my mind and i feel like that's worth something so he gets the nod here absolutely yeah that's a good choice mm-hmm. uh well since we did favorite villains should we uh <laughs> visit hit 
that category's friend in the upside down and go with worst villain. All right, let's do it. Who's the worst villain in your mind, Ryan? We actually, I, well, I, I bet, I bet we got the same one here. But, but go on. It's possible. I mean, there were a lot of insufferable masked mystery villains from that run of Columbia serials. Um, for those who weren't following along or just need a reminder, uh, there's a whole batch of uh, episodes. But yeah, your main villain is just some masked guy named after an animal, and it turns very. <laughs> It becomes very apparent that uh, it's one of six heads of businesses, basically businessmen. It could have been any one of them. Not that you ever really meet any of them in any sort of depth. Yeah, so there are a lot to choose from. Uh, I gave my nod to the Wasp from Mandrake the Magician. Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah. So we may as well just get into it. Um, First of all, it's not to give too much away, but it's a, it was a pretty poor quality serial to begin with. And uh, part of it is that I, I, I had to look up who the villain of Mandrake the Magician was. And I feel like it, completely unmemorable, um, you know, maybe a victim of us watching that one right smack dab in the middle of a lot of serials that felt exactly the same. But uh, yeah, this, this was a pretty easy one for me. Again, I don't know if I have a lot of... Um, uh, a lot of uh, you know, distinct memories of it, I think, is the problem. Uh, it was a, very unmemorable. <laughs> uh, again, smack dab in the middle of a run of serials that all did exactly the same thing. Um, some of them did it better. Uh, this one certainly didn't improve upon the formula. It was kind of a lame serial as it was. Um, yeah, this is an easy choice. Uh, there's a lot to choose from, but this one stood out in the way that it doesn't stand out at all. <laughs> Sorry, the only wasp. thing, the only thing I think of the wasp had going for him is that he actually had a brawl with Mandrake at the end, but that wasn't enough to be some villain, I don't think. Yeah, that, that's fair, and we we get some brawling um, villains here and there. He's maybe one of the first, but not enough to keep him out of the uh, doghouse for us. All right. Where should we go to next? Do you want to do? How about favorite? How about favorite sequel? Favorite sequel. Okay. Um, so my favorite sequel was the Green Hornet Strikes Again. <laughs> Good choice. Explain. Uh, well, you know, it might be an odd choice because it was more or less the same thing as the first Green Hornet, um, which should be a strike against it. For some reason, for me, it wasn't. Uh, you know, the, you had a different leading actor, Warren Hull, which took over the role, and I forgot the name of the guy who played him the first serial. That's but, all right. Um, you know, I just really liked the Green Hornet both serials. I I thought the, the sequel was so engaging, uh, and they did some things a little bit different. You know, like they kind of change up the setting. You know, like we started out with the Green Hornet on vacation in Hawaii, and they got his secretary involved yeah um, and it had it had some problems like they they made the the private ex-cop private eye buddy a little too you know they kind of did what sequels do where they take a character and just dial them up too much right too many notches you know he was a little too goofy and wacky and stuff but overall I, of the sequels there it was the one that i liked the best yeah gordon jones was the uh the first green hornet and uh, the the cop character, um, 
Michael Axford. Um, very, very Irish, as they uh, they let you know every time he walks on the screen. Yeah, that's a good choice. I went with Adam Man versus Superman for this one. Maybe a little bit of recency bias. Um, but I think it, it managed to stay pretty consistent in quality um, in relation to its predecessor, which is one of the stronger serials we watched in this whole batch. Again, there could be some recency bias there. Uh, it was undoubtedly helped by the fact that pretty much the entire cast came back. And it added one of our first classic supervillains, that of the dastardly Lex Luthor. And Adam Man, who I think is his own supervillain in his own right. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm not comics lore um, educated, but um, I think they may have combined two characters for this one. I don't know. if, But Adam Man is a character in and of himself, I believe. And, of course, that won't be the last time the superhero movies will combine villains like that either. Right. Um, also, Adam Man uh, alluded to in the in the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Oh, that I did not know. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot going on in that one. Well, there you go. Well, yeah, I mean, but that that is a good choice. I mean, you're right. Like Luther uh, was only, of course, he didn't make our list of favorite villains, but he was still pretty good. Uh, and it was yeah, nice it's not bad. So iconic because there's so few iconic villains. In the serials. Mm-hmm. So it was nice to see that iconic Superman villain. So on the flip side of the coin, let's turn it over. Uh, worst sequel. This is harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, because I, th- I think generally if the serial got a sequel in the first place, that usually means the first one was pretty good. Um, a lot of the real, real stinkers only showed up once. Uh, what do you have for worst sequel? So my least favorite sequel, and I, I, I agree with you, most of the sequels were, were better than the, the low low serial that I've watched. But for me, uh, Flash Gordon Conquers the Universe, the third Flash Gordon movie, mm. is probably my least favorite sequel. That's an interesting choice. Um, to dig into that. Well, I think... You know, I think part of it is Flash Gordon was kind of feeling tired as a character by the time we get to the third one. And then the first one, he's just like gone to those other planets trying to save Earth. But for most of it, he's just like trying to survive, right? He's doing his best to try to like get out of Ming's traps and survive. And then even the second one, he's taken more and offensive. He's flying to Mars. But he's still, and he's trying to like start a rebellion. But it, it's it's still, you know, kind of him and his band of friends trying to survive, trying to get by. Where the third one, it was more like war games, military movement. It didn't feel, yeah. it didn't have the same feel as the first two. And again, by the time we get to the third one, I was, you know, you, now the character's kind of feeling tired. As far as like an audience member, I'm kind of feeling tired of the Flash Gordon character. And now he's suddenly a military general. You know, it just, I didn't think it was necessarily bad, but it just didn't work for me as well as the other sequels did. Yeah, Flash was getting a little long in the tooth by then. I remember that one, one being kind of a drag uh, to go through, especially since we already had to go through two others. Um, uh, and, and that could the be- second one was pretty strong. Yeah. Sec- yeah. The first one was okay. The second one was 
fairly strong. I thought that's the one with the the Mars the Martian Queen and all this stuff. But the third one, it's getting a little long in the tooth. <laughs> yeah, that that's that's a totally defendable choice. Um, I went with, and again, I I don't mean this with any disrespect. I went with the Spider Returns here, um, as worst sequel. And again, worst doesn't mean you know, the worst serial. There are much worse ones we watch. But The Spider Returns kind of felt like a retread that kind of copied exactly what made the original work without much more to it. Uh, the Spider's Web, of course, was a very influential uh, serial that we watched here. And, you know, we've still seen some of the connective tissue of the way that it set, you know, kind of set the template for, you know, heroes to come and kind of like the tone and the style. And so it was just a little disappointing to see a second one just kind of uh, run it back. Now, of course, I just praised Adaman versus Superman for also just running it back. And um, I know I just kind of caught myself in a little bit of a uh, conundrum. And I don't know what the difference is to me outside of. I, yeah. I'll, 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 defend, I'll defend you if you let oh, me. Oh, thank you. Yes. Okay, oh, so, please. So something I'll say, even though the plot of Adaman versus Superman was very, very similar, I would say they made some significant enough changes to the character dynamics and the dynamic between Luther and Superman was different than the dynamic between Spider-Man and Spider- and I mean, between Spider-Lady and Superman, that even though the plot was so similar, it didn't feel too similar for those reasons, you know? I mean, Lois wasn't so antagonistic to Clark in the second one. She was still somewhat antagonistic, but they were more friends, you know? And then Luther and Superman kind of had a, they, you know, they connected more. They were had more of a competition, whereas the Spider Lady was just kind of, she was doing her own thing with her own villains and stuff like that, where she didn't have much of a connection to Superman. So I do think there were some significant differences between the two sequels outside of the plot, whereas with Spider Returns, I felt like there was actually a less of a connection between the Spider and his and his like group of friends and stuff like that to whereas I, I i do think you're justified in choosing adam amber superman and saying spider returns is the worst yeah i think that that's what it is um i also think that, yeah as you alluded to the the, the su- superman you know supporting cast is much stronger than the, the spider's web i would argue the great the best supporting character in the spider's web is blinky mcquade who of course is played by the main character it doesn't really count. Um, <laughs> and of course, that's yeah. not, although that's part of the problem with Spider's Web too, is they used a little too much Blinky. You know, needs me I, to see it. I, I, I disagree. I think other serials that didn't have the spider in it could have used Blinky McQuaid. I imagine if Blinky showed up in a, you know, Mandrake the Magician or something, you know. I mean, seriously improved, absolutely. In fact, they should have just made a Blinky McQuaid serial. Should you know? Looking, no. Now you're talking. It's not too late. I don't think. Um, <laughs> you know, yes, maybe. Not. Uh, I'm going to call an audible here. You know, earlier I realized we hadn't really called any of our. Uh, we didn't call out the awards that we're handing out to our different serials. Anything? They should be called Blinkies. I think. Yeah. In honor Blinky. of our favorite character in all of superhero. Blinky Award for the best. I love it. All right. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> That's canon now. You understand. Okay. But yeah, no, thank you. That, yeah, I think you, you, I couldn't have put it any better. 
I couldn't have put it any better myself. Um, and that's kind of why I went with uh, Spider Returns. It just was a kind of a retread as opposed to a reworking. It didn't feel like a natural uh, continuation of the last one. I kind of just felt like the first one worked. Let's just do it again. And for that, we're serial. We're sequel, rather. Not we're serial. <laughs> not by <laughs> a long not. shot. No. All right. Let me go to overrated and underrated serial. What do you say? Okay. Um... You pick which one you want to start with. Let's start with most underrated cereal. I like it. Well, uh, I had a couple here that could have gone here. This is another kind of hard one because it's, again, hard to know who's rating it. Um, uh, The Green Hornet cereals were honorable mentions for me because I thought those were surprisingly entertaining, and I think those kind of get lost in uh, in the general scope of the visual media history of Green Hornet, of course, you know, with um, the 60s TV series. And, uh, well, I don't, maybe that's it. But that was a good show, so I understand why this kind of gets lost. But that's not what I went with. Um, check this out. I went with Captain America. Wow, Captain yeah. America. Now, that is surprising. Now, it's, to be fair, uh, total lack of comic accuracy. It is, does not resemble any version of Captain America we've ever known or seen, either then or now. <laughs> but I think if you separate that, they just called this like super district attorney or something or whatever. <laughs> they called the it lawman. Grant... Oh, the lawman, exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Grant Gardner, rogue DA, and just call it that. <laughs> I think a lot of the, uh, I don't want to say biases, because it, it is legitimately distracting, and probably the most interesting thing about it is the fact that it's, that's not Steve Rogers. But all that aside, I maintain it was a very entertaining, successful serial, and um, with some goofy moments that we will be talking about. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I thought, eh, good cast, um, kept it moving. Um, you know, again, it's just, it's just goofy. <laughs> it's, that's all. <laughs> And that, that's the definition of underrated to me. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, okay. Well, my underrated was the Green Hornet. I yeah. talked earlier about how I really enjoyed the Green Hornet serials. And so, of course, for me, that's going to be the one I consider most underrated. Um, I think they're underrated for a couple of reasons. Uh First of all, they really are following the same format, the spider setup. Yep, that's fair. Uh, and so, you know, I think that's why they don't get as much praise. Plus, they kind of get overshadowed by the 60s TV show, like you said. But I I just thought they were both really, really well done and solid. They had nice pacing. They didn't feel rushed like a lot of the serials sometimes do. I liked... Um, you know, the Green Hornet was kind of a different kind of villain than any other one. And I mean, not villain, a different kind of hero in the sense that he didn't necessarily brawl. He had technology. He had his gas gun. He didn't kill anybody. Um, and I also liked that the villain's goals seemed a little bit more tangible. You sure. know, none of this like, oh, we just want to. I mean, a lot of the goal villains' goals just in other serials just kind of just seem to be, 
just be to screw stuff up for no real reason. Right. You know, some of it kind of alluded to maybe they were trying to help the Nazi war effort, but they never really went into it. Whereas the, the Green Hornet villains were just kind of crooks, and I really liked how the Green Hornet was a you know, newspaper man. I don't know. It just worked for me, and I think, uh, you know, I kind of think they should be better remembered than they are. Maybe the recasting is also part of the reason why they're not as well remembered. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head as to what makes the Green Hornet kind of stand out uh, as opposed to, um, you know, other heroes of his ill, because he's a member of a member of the press, essentially, as opposed to uh, an extension of the law or a, a vigilante. And that kind of added a different flavor. Um, it kind of came from a different perspective. And yeah, no, I came really close to putting the Green Hornet on, uh, you know, handing him the blinky for uh, most underrated. But uh, uh, what can I say? I love the red, white, and blue. You know me. Do you want to go most overrated cereal now? Sure. I think that's a great idea. And again, I say this kind of with my, uh, my face clenched a little bit because I don't think that they're bad. But I, uh, they were set up as sort of like the premier example of what the film, you know, what this genre could be. And I'm going with the Flash Gordon trilogy. Um, now we have alluded to the fact that we probably went a little hard on it because we were kind of working out how we felt about serials in general in real time and, um, kind of getting adjusted. And I think if we did it again, we'd probably be less harsh on it, but, um, as it stands, it is, you know, when you talk about, uh, oh, the classic thirties and forties serials, these are the, these are the ones that everyone fell in love with and it inspired George Lucas to make star Wars and all this stuff. I don't know that that kind of you know, that kind of expectation helps it at all, and um, it's, I don't. I, I know I'm judging it <laughs> through twenty 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 one eyes, where things just move faster and uh, special effects are way you know way more advanced and intricate and detailed. But uh, this just didn't quite hit that. It, it didn't show me why it was considered. One of the top ones. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> I think that's a good choice. I think that makes sense. And we should also, I mean, overrated doesn't mean bad, right? It just means no. we didn't like it as much as its reputation. Uh, compared to some others, uh, Flash Gordon was brilliant. <laughs> Seriously. It was not bad. It just didn't live up to the reputation of one of the best ones ever. That's all. To me. Right. Um, and who am I? <laughs> So, so my blinky for uh, most of the material, <laughs> yeah. I think it's interesting that the ones we chose, and uh, I'll say why in a second, but mine actually is Captain Marvel. Wow. Captain Marvel. And it's interesting that both our overrated serials also had our favorite villains in them. That's a decent point. Uh, huh. I don't know what uh, that means, but... That, but nonetheless, Captain Marvel for me, when I looked back, I was like, which one did I not like as much as its reputation? Captain Marvel is the one that came out for me. And of course, I didn't know going into Captain Marvel that it was supposed to be this like really well loved serial. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't know that until you you told me during our podcast. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I, I mean, I liked it. I thought it was good, but like. It just some some that didn't quite work for me, like the whole. I think I probably went on about it too long during the podcast, but the whole Billy Batson thing, like, was he an adult? Was he a kid? Like, sure. either way, 
kind of weird and awkward. Um, and so, you know, and then of course with how, and I guess in Quentin Tarantino's words, how bloodthirsty Captain Marvel was, <laughs> uh, you know, I just, I liked it. I thought it was good, but I, I definitely didn't like it as much as a lot of other people did. That is an interesting choice. It's a defendable choice. And, uh, you know, kind of the same logic you know, from the, other, you know, I get it. I was going to say you know, it's, it's very similar to, uh, you know, just didn't live up to the reputation, you know, for you that the same way that Flash Gordon didn't live up to my expectations, except you didn't sound like you even knew there were expectations that you had. So it's, it's just very interesting. <laughs> right. But I, I definitely think it's, I mean, sometimes expectations can like, you go into you know, like, oh, I'm going to watch The Godfather. So you go in to watch The Godfather, like, you know, you, you go in with these, like, expecting, oh, you're, you're expecting the movie to be great, so you think it's great. And, of course, The Godfather is a great movie. I'm not saying it's not. Right. But I think watching The Godfather is I don't know if that would have been the case here or not, but watching Captain Marvel not have this reputation and then finding it has that reputation may have hurt it. You know, it may have been more charitable if I had known its reputation. That's fair. But I think, you know, they hit the way they hit. There's nothing wrong with that. So I have a proposal. We can do, why don't we do best and worst cliffhanger. Then we can kind of lead, that can kind of lead to our, uh, our acting awards. And then we can kind of close out with our best and worst serials. I also know, and maybe we can throw in a best, the best moment in there somewhere if we want. We can cap with that or we can... Uh, I don't think we should cap with the favorite moment. I think that should be the one right before favorite hero and favorite serial. Done. Okay. So that leads us to the Oblinkies for best and worst cliffhanger. And uh, also another kind of difficult category when you get down to it, because there are lots of options. Um, well, there's so many options, and yet, sure. I don't know. I found most of the cliffhangers really forgettable. It was just, oh, no, I, the... Hero's gonna die. Like the whole freaking building's collapsing. <laughs> oh no! And then like the res- resolution was just like oh, he just survived. Like the collapsing yeah. building didn't hurt him at all. <laughs> yeah, totally agreed. Uh, most of them were to- completely memorable. Um, you know, for me, yeah, well, you can do we can do best cliffhanger first if we want because it's gonna be less funny. Um, yeah, uh, gosh, I maybe. I may be making another um, audible on the on the field here. So what I had chosen initially was um, that insane moment in the first Flash Gordon serial where uh, uh, they first run into the fire dragon in the in the, in the underground <laughs> caves. What's um, her betrayed by a, an evil high priest who rings a gong and that gong sets off the you know, lifts up this door and in comes this insane looking fire dragon and again it looks like hell but it's it's really memorable um for it, it it's <laughs> uh i it's kind of cool looking again for 1936 but you know i think it would have freaked me out if i was a kid but oh, that's I fair just, that's fair yeah. yeah but what i just remembered and i hope it's not stepping on anything i don't know if it counts because what i kind of liked more about it was the resolution but what about in I believe Batman and Robin, where uh, it appears Batman has fallen out of a um, 
uh, a, a window to his death. And it turns out someone really, he really did fall and die, but it wasn't, it just wasn't Bruce Wayne in the, uh, in the outfit. And then they actually retroactively explain it was the brother of Vicki Vale who, uh, was trying, you know, was caught up with the gangsters and decided to sacrifice himself as one act of one final act of goodness. Um, I like that they didn't walk it back, but they actually kind of retroactively explained it. That might have been my favorite. So that was my favorite. That's what I chose for my favorite. Is that Batman one? Nice. Um, I didn't mean to step for, on you, but yeah, no, I mean you didn't. That's fine. And and for sort of the reasons you said, um, and also it was an actual the cliffhanger actually was a resolution to a story online. That was actually being built throughout the serial as well, which was kind of unusual. For it almost almost never happens in these, right? Uh, and 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 it was even set up. I mean, it wasn't necessarily obvious, but it was set up before it even happened. And so, yeah, I thought I thought that was definitely because so many of the cliffhangers were just again just like heroes in peril or the hero's girlfriend in peril, and will they? How will they get out? This one was an actual like story beat it was really it was really interesting and it almost didn't feel like a story beat when you first watch it like you said it's a resolution that makes you look back and go like oh wow that was really interesting so yeah i you know i, I would definitely say that was my favorite cliffhanger yeah. as well well especially when we've been conditioned at this point to go uh oh superman's falling out of a window and then in the next episode you just assume he's just gonna like you know roll, roll off like an awning or something or just not fall or just like land on a bed of mat like a truck full of mattresses or something you know yeah seriously so when so a when it, the, the body goes splat i mean it's not it, i think it happens like behind a car or something but very definitely like someone died like that felt like a change of course we figured they probably wouldn't have murdered bruce wayne off in the halfway through the serial but uh, yeah, I think just that moment of like, oh, they're going to have to get really creative walking this back. So, yeah, I think that stands out in the top 5% of all the serials we've watched. Absolutely. Now, uh, my choice for worst cliffhanger comes from the very same serial, 1949's Batman and Robin. Um, I don't know if you recall the moment where Batman and Vicky Vale are uh, in, a, in a body of water that's been lit aflame. And... Uh, you know, I do recall how, that. Yeah. Yeah. How are they going to get out? Uh, this seems pretty dire. And the answer, of course, is that they just uh, yeah, they just get out of the they just get out of the water and <laughs> move along. I think even for um, I think even as far as um, unimaginative cliffhanger resolutions go, that one was pretty lame. Yeah. But it again, was. there are a hundred options I could have gone with here, but that was the one that stood out to me. How about you? I really struggled with this one. <laughs> uh, mostly again because I couldn't it was hard for me to think back because they were so unmemorable so I went with one that I found to be very memorable uh, <laughs> and I think there's some recency bias in here because I had difficulty remembering all the cliffhangers from early in the early serials we watched but it's from the first Batman serial when Batman's in a warehouse and he's fighting all these goons by an elevator and they, the goons were able to lift him up and throw him down the elevator. And the reason why this is my favorite least <laughs> worst cliffhanger is just the, the effect is so freaking lazy. Like they just throw a <laughs> dummy in a Batman suit down the shaft and it's like super obvious that it's just like a dummy and the thing just like falls and it's like limp. Um, yeah. And it was, it was just hilarious to me. And that's why I put it here as the worst cliffhanger. 
I had forgotten about that, but uh, thank you for reminding me. Yes, that was a particularly bad moment. We could have done best and worst special effect, you know, looking back, because uh, we need some sort of special mention for stuff like that. I also recall like the uh, the reveal of the Lost City in the in the Phantom, and it kind of just looked like a Lego set or something. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No. Excellent choice. That kind of brings us to our leading men and leading leading women. Um, I believe in ladies first. So why don't we go with the uh, best and worst uh, uh, leading lady? Do you, you want to kick us off? Do you want to do you want to start with the bad or lead with the good? Well, let's start with the bad. Yeah, we're, we we've been starting with the good recently, but now we're getting yeah. towards the end game. Let's start with the bad. I like it. Okay. Uh, so worst leading lady was a difficult choice because there was a lot of bad ones. Yeah. Um, so for me, you know, I had to think back and I didn't want to just pick a forgettable one because there were a lot of forgettable ones. I wanted to pick one that I, I, I thought was like actively bad. And for me, that was Diana Palmer from the Phantom Serial. Yeah, that's an excellent choice. Um, what what led you to her uh, in particular? Well, first of all, she didn't do anything. Like like for other leading ladies, either they were kind of in the background a little bit, but usually they got something to do. But she literally didn't do anything but cause problems. She is somehow worse that she couldn't recognize who the Phantom was. And I know this is a problem for all serials. Well, not all of them. Like some some had people who knew like the Spider and stuff like that. But for some reason, it was even worse because he was in this skin-tight outfit with the dog. <laughs> and she even recognized the dog. Like, <laughs> I forgot. I don't know that. if I'd recognize someone else's dog with a collar on. It's like, I wasn't expecting it to be that dog. Maybe I would. I don't know. But she recognized the dog. As this man with literally the same face as her friend. <laughs> and and she, I can't, I couldn't recall a single time she actually did anything. At least, you know, there's this they they let the woman actually do something and she had no personality she was just i don't know she was just the worst for me uh you know what you're not gonna get any argument from me i also picked diana palmer from the phantom um that makes sense (laughs) yeah uh again there was a lot of there was a lot of leading there's a lot of uh, main girls that just didn't register at all um i also considered uh betty houston from mandrake the magician uh, Shirley Patterson's character from the 1943 Batman, but I think this one stood out to me because I actually had to look it up and remember if there even was a um, a main girl <laughs> in the Phantom. That's how that's how little she registered. And you know, poor Jean Bates, the woman who played her, um, she did the best she could. <laughs> um, the Phantom is a serial that has a lot of flaws to it, um, and unfortunately, Diana was one of them. Um, just stupid when the plot demanded it and uh, completely invisible when the plot didn't need anything from her. Uh, yeah, this was a, again, lots of options, but this one kind of bubbled up to the surface for me. Uh, I so suspect just... we're going to pick the same favorite leading lady as well. Probably. Uh yeah, would you like me to reveal mine, or would you like to reveal yours? Well, yeah, go ahead and reveal yours. So you, who's your Blinky for favorite leading lady? The Blinky, well, what, a very close second for me 
was uh, Lorna Gray in uh, the Captain America serial, who, of course, played the uh, famous Captain America character. Uh, So famous, you have to look her up. Yeah, I know. You can hear the clicking clacking. Uh, Gail Richards, uh, lovely performance, great character. But there's, come on, it's, it's, it's Lois Lane. As portrayed by Noel Neal. I don't think there's another option. She's yeah, great. there's no competition Icon- here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, iconic iconic role, iconic performer. Um, you know, so good that even when she left, she, she, she came back after, uh, uh, you know, Phyllis Coates left the uh, Superman series. She was the obvious choice to replace her, and she did it for many years. Yeah, she's great. The work speaks for itself. Um, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume you picked her as well. Absolutely. Yes, I did. Well, I mean... Yeah, and not that there weren't any other good leading ladies. You, you said Gail Richards. I also thought, um, you know, Vicky Vale was, was pretty solid in Batman yeah. and Robin. Uh, and there's yeah. the, um, uh, gosh, important one that we haven't mentioned at all, but I think um, was kind of interesting for how early she came. But the uh, the main girl in um, Buck Rogers, Wilma Deering. I agree. She was she held her own, and yeah. So there were some there were some solid leading ladies. But Lois Lane is head and shoulders above the pack as far as agency, competence, and personality and performance. Yeah, uh, there's almost nothing to say. I mean, I think I think we wax on uh, quite a bit in the Superman episode. Uh, if people want to go back and listen to that, but yeah, it's just again, I, I said it last week, and I'll say it again. She is uh, of all the live action portrayals of Lois Lane, she is kind of the one that I think of when I think of that. Obviously there's some animated ones that I was more familiar with as a kid, but Noel O'Neill kind of stands as the definitive live action one to me. I, uh, so yeah, this was an easy choice. Well learned Blanky. <laughs> I'm sure she's thrilled or would be thrilled, I suppose. Um, well, that, that leads us to uh, the male counterpoints, the, uh, the heroes as it were. Feels like feels like a big one. What was that? Sorry. Who was the worst hero? Who's your blinky for worst hero? Uh, well, again, there, this is kind of difficult in that there's some. I feel like the average leading man in this, at worst, was just sort of bland and barely registers. Um, you know. Uh, it's a, but actively bad or like I felt like something was wrong didn't happen very often until it came to Godfrey Prescott or uh, Jeffrey Prescott whatever the heck his name is supposed to be uh, aka the Phantom it's Tom Tyler in the Phantom um, which is a shame um, I like him in other things he uh, his name may come up again before we're done here uh, but he clearly just this was a I feel so horrible saying this, but it was, he's very clearly getting a little older. That he couldn't quite move the same way that he did in previous serials, and no one, no one helped him out to kind of conceal that or put him in a position to succeed. Um, sorry, Tom. I'd like to do other things, but the Phantom again, Phantom, a deeply flawed serial in many ways, and um, he was one of them. Sad to say. Fair enough. You're you're going to be very disappointed by my blinky, Ryan. Oh no. 
worst Blinky for worst hero. Well, worst hero, Captain America. Wow. Wow. That's a controversial choice. Yeah, but, you know, I mean. Are you now? Have you ever been a member of the Communist Party there, Jimmy? Of course not. Hmm, interesting. No, no. I mean, in all in all fairness, that's that, that's a defendable choice. All all joking aside, uh, what gave him the nod here? What what pushed him over the edge? Or I mean, under, under the edge. <laughs> there is a couple things to consider. You know, I mean, honorable mention goes. Of course, I, I agree. The Phantom, he's someone I considered, or even Mandrake, who was pretty lame. But you know, just. It was a couple things. First of all, he's not Steve Rogers, you know, and maybe it's unfair of me to to expect that when he was clearly not supposed to be Steve Rogers. He was Gil. What was it, Gil Richards? No, that's, uh, no, that's a, he's Grant that's Gardner. I'm sorry. Yeah. What was his name? Um, Grant Gardner. Grant Gardner. That's right. Uh, he's Grant Gardner, so he wasn't even trying to be Steve Rogers, but like, <laughs> you know, that that was not Captain America there, and, and furthermore. He, he was yes, a hero sir. who was com- completely abusing his authority. <laughs> you know, I mean, he, he was, no, he's getting things done. Apparently, I don't know. It, it, it was just like it was a little too. <laughs> it was a little too like crossing that line into into antihero, and but not like not but like not really being like aware of it almost. You know, it, yeah. It was, and and so that's what put him below the blander, uh, you know, superheroes to where I, I felt he was actively like a bad superhero. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think we mentioned this in the Captain America episode, but if you were going to do like a dark, cynical, kind of tongue-in-cheek, satirical version of Captain America, uh, you, you'd be hard-pressed to beat uh, this portrayal that's done with all sincerity, that of a uh, district attorney just kind of, grabbing a gun and kicking ass in the name of America. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, no, it's defendable. Again, I, from a pure entertainment uh, factor, um, I disagree, but I also think that your points are well seen. And um, I don't think he's, I don't, ni- neither of them are here to collect. Uh, they're, they're blinkies tonight, but um, I think they can be accepted by us on their behalf. What do you say? <laughs> yes. Okay, cool. Well, we had a lot of fun talking about worst heroes, but I think it's time to talk about favorite hero. And uh, I will say, uh, I, I won't give away my answer here because it, it's kind of a dark horse answer, but I kind of went off of actor as opposed to character for this one. And I don't know if you approach it the same way. I just honestly just picked my favorite, the one who stuck the most with me. Um, and, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily, it was more of a, I didn't like go and make a list and do pros and cons. It was honestly just like a gut reaction. Who's my favorite? It's this guy. Okay. Uh, well, I'm curious to know who that is. Uh, the Blinky, my Blinky for favorite hero <laughs> is the Spider. Yeah, excellent um, choice. I, you know, and I think he was my favorite. I think it's because he was such a surprise to me. Uh, I never heard of the character before. 
Um, and but he was the first real superhero we did, and I love the way he just got in there and just threw down with the villains. Uh, he would just go in and brawl. He would kind of, um, you know, he he would kind of allow himself to be seen as a villain in the press, so he could scare the the villains he was going after, and he would still, you know. Try, try to do things right and help people out and he was just a, a fun character I, do, I, I liked Warren Hull's um, you know portrayal of him but you part of the reason is of course his third alter ego or second alter ego <laughs> Blinky McQuaid I mean he was super entertaining to me I loved that he had that extra uh, extra character and the extra facet to his portrayal and you know i mean they went all in on blinky and he was so <laughs> so um entertaining in the in the best ways uh i just i loved it and so yeah you know and of course the spider was also the the one who really like set the tone for these this this whole serial this whole set of serials you know we started with flash gordon and buck rogers and of course lots of things they did there percolated into all these serials but it was the spider who said the spider who was the first one to to come up the format and the formula for these superhero serials that pretty much all of them followed to varying extents yeah that one was really like a flashpoint moment the spider's web uh they never really what looked back after that um so in that sense i think the the spider's legacy is secured and i think uh this Blinky, of course, will further cement that legacy. Um, <laughs> uh, it'd be, it would be wrong to um, not give Blinky a Blinky. And if I had a... Po- yeah. And sounds so a- dirty. Yeah. <laughs> we'll cut that. No, we won't. <laughs> um, if I had approached this question uh, from the fictional character point of view, my answer would have been much the same. I'm not even sure there's another answer to be had here. I mean, obviously... Superman's great. Batman's great. Not here. Not when he's punching Japanese people. But um, but he's just such a a surprisingly out of nowhere like pivotal character. Um, uh, the Spider was. But I, I, so I so I think in spirit we agree. Now I'm going to take this opportunity to kind of um, give mention to many of the uh, leading actors we've seen here and there and. Uh, you know, I approach it from a different angle. Of course, I looked at it. Yeah, I looked at a, quite a few people. Uh, Buster Crab kind of uh, set the tone very early on. The first four serials we watched starred that man, and uh, you know, I think he kind of set the uh, tone for athletic, you know, do-gooder blonde guy. That, you know, that we still kind of <laughs> see even now in uh, superhero movies. Kirk Allen from the recent Superman, not recent to us, not recent in the Earth's calendar. I thought he, I thought he held himself well and filled out the suit very nicely. Uh, Warren Hull popped up, gosh, and probably three or four or five of these things, maybe. And uh, he was, he always held everything together. Uh, and I'd even say Tom Tyler, who I just gave a worst hero blink, he came very close to uh, winning my best for um, his portrayal of Captain Marvel. You know, everything that he wasn't in the Phantom, he was as Captain Marvel. He was he was youthful and kind of a killing machine, yes, as uh, you and Tarantino <laughs> have mentioned. But you kind of bought that uh, if a kid became a superhero, would he look like this? Uh, 
And the answer is, I think so. But I have kind of a dark horse, uh, the choice here. And that's Victor Jory from The Shadow, another uh, serial we haven't mentioned yet. I never quite you know. Shook, yeah, I, never I quite thought you were going him. this way when you when you started listing different characters. I'm like, he hasn't mentioned Victor Jory yet. Yeah. Now, his his serial was flawed. It was kind of a retread of uh, past things. That's that's undoubt that's undoubtedly the case. But I think he stood out from other leading men just because he kind of, he almost looked more like a villain. And in fact, this character got you know the, the character the actor uh, played uh, mostly villains, as I recall. Which kind of gave him an interesting look and an interesting feel that you don't always get with, uh, uh, you know, superhero leads. And um, I thought that was really cool. And, I, and it's always stuck with me. And I wish we got to see more of him or people like that. So, you know, just so we can throw him out there somewhere and uh, get the shadow represented. Um, yeah, I'll give him best hero, you know, best hero, best leading man, however you want to look at it. Victor, Fair enough. And he was, Victor, the blinky's yours. You know, he was uh, by far the best part of his serial as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. He's pa- pa- practically the only thing I remember. <laughs> well, the, the Black yeah. Tiger was kind of a cool effect. I remember oh, that. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was an excellent effect. But, you know, I think there's a reason it hasn't really popped up anywhere else in our... Um, in any of our categories. Although, I don't know. It could be one of our favorites. Ser- it, could, it could win best or worst cereal. It could. Of, of course, uh, you, you can't forget about the really awkward alter ego that the Shadow had as well, though. Yeah. You know, we didn't really do a racism category, but uh, <laughs> if, we, if we did... Um, <laughs> most racist blinky. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, and there'd be some strong contenders. Batman himself could have won that one. Uh <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, they tried to do the Blinky McQuaid thing, but uh, endowed the shadows alter ego with some uh, unfortunate uh, Asian stereotypes from the from the time, and uh, it's a, it's a shame. But <laughs> that leaves us with uh, three categories. Where do we want to quickly jump to best moment, which is kind of a one off category because we don't really have like a worst moment. <laughs> I don't know how you quantify that in this in this case. Yeah, so we, we, the three categories are favorite serial, least favorite serial, and... Best moment. Best moment? Well, let's do best moment. What was the... Yeah. Well, I, I guess for me, favorite moment wasn't even like... It wasn't best moment as far as like was the best thing that happened. It was the most to me. Yeah. Right? And so this, for me, is not necessarily the best moment, but it's... It's just of, of these serials, it was this moment that has hung with me the longest. Okay. Uh, so I guess I'll just say it. For me, it was the ending of the Captain America serial. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Which, of course, if you don't recall, was where um, you know the the bad guy was caught, and Captain America and his assistant and and some other people were sitting in the office and they were waiting for the main villain to be put to death uh, by the justice system. And he Uh was going to be put to death at midnight. And you hear the, the, the clock toll, you know, chimes and the bell toll 
for him, like dong, 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 and it just ends with the villain being <laughs> killed by the death penalty. Uh, and it was just so bizarre and like, like kind of dark, you know, like you, you, uh, uh, it was, it just, it really stuck out to me as in, so that's what I put for my favorite moment. Well, as it happens, I do recall that moment because it was also my favorite moment. (laughs) I thought for sure you were going to pick the moment from the phantom where the, um, the dog, he's fire a gun or is he knock a gun away? No, 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 no. So, 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 okay. Yes. I, I see why you thought that. Cause I did love that moment. What that was, was the villain set up a trap where they like knocked out the phantom's friend and like tied a string from the friend to a gun. Right. In like a different room that you couldn't see. And so that when the phantom moved the body, the gun would fire and kill them both. But luckily, the dog had sniffed out that there was a trap and went around. And at the last second, and they even showed like the dog's paw, like hitting the gun as it goes off. <laughs> it I mean, that was definitely a consideration, but yeah. it didn't stick with me the same way that bizarre Captain America scene did. No, again, I think it's interesting because Batman 1943 has a strong reputation as kind of being this camp classic. I think Captain America is just as campy and bizarre as anything else we watch, which is why, again, I think it's kind of an underrated serial. Because I think there's a lot of entertainment value to be had. You can't top that ending. You can't top an ending where <laughs> yeah, the clock chimes midnight and they all mark the moment when the villains get put to death. I mean, you couldn't make it, you couldn't make it up. <laughs> And, yeah, they cut, no. and they cut to like Big Ben, which sort of, I know, I know it was just like stock footage, but all of a sudden you're like, are they, are they in London? <laughs> Is this all been taking place in the UK? Yeah, just stra- strange, strange moment. Well, well earned. It was a, a unanimous choice. Yeah, the, the coveted double blinky. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> We've reached the big one, Jimmy. Uh, best of well, I put best and worst, but you also look at his favorite, least favorite, and uh, I have to imagine we have the same for worst. But um, in fact, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's kind of boring these last two that we have the same for both of them. But uh, what's your worst cereal or least favorite cereal? It has to be Mandrake. It's Mandrake, absolutely. Uh, the Phantom was an honorable mention. Batman 1943 was an honorable mention. Um, I didn't hate Phantom as much as you did. It's a very flawed serial. It wasn't very good. Yeah, but I struggled with it. Um, again, I just I don't get the Phantom's whole thing, which I know is a stupid thing to get hung up on. Because what is anyone's thing? What, <laughs> what is Batman? But for some reason, the Phantom just threw me. But um, not enough to beat Mandrake. But, uh, just yeah, just a tepid boring is one of the shorter ones but it sure felt longer um <laughs> only 12 episodes and they were all kind of on the short side to uh, you know each episode but yeah they're just generic uh, not warren hall's best work um they didn't do anything with the character this character that kind of has magic powers sort of a dr strange-esque character and then in the serial he's just a magician he's just a magician he, does. Yeah, not, he doesn't even like practice magic. Like, he's just like a stage show magician who does tricks. Yeah. It's just, 
One of the more and literal they, brained things I've ever seen. And every so often they would try to like like make that relevant. Like a villain would take a gun from him, but it'd be a trick gun. Yeah. And he'd throw some smoke bombs every once in a while and disappear, but they did yeah, just what a waste. What a waste. It was one I was kinda curious to see and I wish I hadn't. <laughs> I, I I have to assume you put the same. Yeah, that, that that one's definitely by far the worst, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Would you like to peel back the envelope for best or favorite? Right. Uh, I, again, I got it's got to be Superman, right? So, uh, so here's no, the thing. No, okay. Here's the thing. Superman, I came very, very close. It was a very close second. So close that I, I could probably be talked into this. Um, I put for favorite uh, Adventures of Captain Marvel. <laughs> All right, well, you know, fair enough. That's a well loved. That's a well loved one. So let's. Uh, do you want to go first with yours or? Uh, sure. Look, these are both fine, fine serials, and uh, you know, uh, I think the only reason I held back from picking Superman is I couldn't tell how much of that was recency bias or just relief that the end was near. I don't mean that in a bad way, but just you know. Um, if I had picked up like a third or second wind with it, um, couldn't tell you. All I can tell you is that Adventures of Captain Marvel felt like a revelation after a long dirge of Columbia serials with masked villains dressed like animals. We're taking on the moniker of like, the, <laughs> I'm the gargoyle or I'm the, I'm the scarab. Well, I think that's the villain of Captain Marvel. Oops. But um, still, um, it just came as this breath of fresh air. It kind of felt like it was telling one long story as opposed to just 12 episodes. It's kind of a greed parable that I remember you pointing out on that episode. Um, again, weird weird performance from Billy Batson, but a great Tom Tyler performance. See, uh, I'm, I'm no Tom Tyler hater, everyone. Um, again, it moved. It's too late the, for that, Ryan. Uh, shoot, the, the Tom Tyler mafia is after me now. Um, <laughs> the yeah, no, it was purely entertaining. Um, the term high octane comes to mind. I don't know that I'd use that, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, perfectly paced, didn't go on too long. Yeah, I, but Superman came really, really close, and um, I'd love to hear your argument for it. Because well, be I mean, I, I, you know, I, I definitely see your argument for Captain Marvel. Of course, that's why I listed as my most overrated. But of course. I think it's overweight rated because it's so well liked and it did have a lot of good qualities like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. But for me, Su- Superman takes the cake just because I just felt it was of all the, of all the serials, I just felt it was the one that felt the most like the comics character. Of course, I'm not that, I wasn't that familiar with Captain Marvel, so perhaps I can't say that one wasn't, but also felt like the side characters were the best. Uh, it took its time on the origin, you know, it, you know, it didn't even, it took its time in its storytelling and it had, you know, it kind of had the, the, you know, introduced the main villain, the third episode, and there was a second main villain they didn't introduce until midway through. And then you had like the villains plotting against each other. There was, I felt there was more going on. I thought I liked, of course, you had the wonderful Lois Lane in this one, even though, time she was a bit mean to clark but you know and i thought it was really entertaining i liked you know they they didn't they did what they could they were willing to animate the flight sequences 
Uh, so, so they could actually show Superman's powers. You know, I just thought it was the best done of all the serials. Yeah, and you know, at uh, a point of comparison, I just noticed. I think and it probably has something to do with you know why they're perceived as so strong. They're one of the only ones that really engage with the actual origin of the character. You know, Batman just kind of shows up. He's just Batman. He's a member of. He's practically a member of the police. So a lot of them are just either changed altogether or they kind of skip past that. But in uh, the case of both Captain Marvel and Superman, they actually spend the whole first episode just kind of setting the stage for like, you know, fairly comics accurate origin story. And um, I think that that kind of attention to detail really reflects, you know, the quality. They didn't, they didn't half ass it like they did with Mandrake, you know, they being, you know, the same companies that make all these, but the creatives behind it, you know, on one of them, they rushed it, didn't care about it. And it sucked here. They really seem to like it and want to get it right. And it's good. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I think that's a very, very good point. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you, you know, usually if this were a real awards show, we'd have like our host come out, like you know, Jimmy Kimmel or whoever, Billy Crystal or whatever. Come Jimmy out said he him. wasn't available for this tonight. So, well, you know, we yeah, go on we, about him. we tried. Yeah, we're going to have to figure out how to wrap it up ourselves. Well, I guess I, I can take a stab at it by uh, saying thank you, everyone, for them, you, you know, going on this uh, adventure. <laughs> kind of like a serial itself. Went on a little longer than it should have and intermittently <laughs> interesting. But nevertheless, uh, very important for uh, – the, the things to come so uh to everyone who's been listening thank you very much <laughs> um we will be leaning into things that you can probably t- actually track down and watch along with us <laughs> very very soon uh in the meantime we will be picking up our uh, doctor who um retrospectives again uh jimmy is probably <laughs> the the world's Doctor Who master, as far as I'm concerned, and uh, I've seen very little. So uh, we got that. <laughs> we got that going. Go, uh, firing up again. We'll be doing season two. That would be, of course, classic season two um, in sixty four, sixty five. Very, very soon. But that wraps it up for the superhero serials. Uh, next time we pick this thread up, we'll be uh, kicking it with Adam West <laughs> and uh, Burt Ward. <laughs> I'm definitely. I'm really excited for that one. Have you ever seen the 1960s Batman movie? I have. I've seen it once, I think. Well, you're about to see it a second time. <laughs> 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 well, that closes up the, the, the doors to the first annual Blinkies. <laughs> uh, maybe they'll, they, they, they may reappear again. These are always really fun. And uh, <laughs> I, I look forward to people picking up on these you know when we're actually getting the stuff people have heard of like you know the mcu dark knight and stuff and then we award we award them blinkies and no one has any idea what we're talking about that's gonna be really fun <laughs> yeah I, I, no i like it i, I think it's yeah. perfect <laughs> Heath Ledger, here's your blinky <laughs> you know but until that time we've been the pop culture historians that was jimmy i'm ryan I have nothing witty to say because the award shows, they never end with anything funny. So we're going to follow suit and we're just going to say good night, everyone. Thanks for listening. (laughs) See you next time.